Welcome to episode 20 of Early Stoppage. I'm your host, Derek Moody, and on today's show, I spoke with undefeated Bellator heavyweight contender Steve Mallory. We talked about the differences between the Black Zillions and Hard Knocks 365 and the transition that took place going from the old gym to the new one, signing with Bellator, and the constant progression that takes place between him and the other heavyweights in his camp. We also touched on the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix, along with the Bellator Welterweight Tournament. This was a fun interview. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Joining me today is undefeated Bellator heavyweight contender, Steve Mowry. Welcome to Early Stoppage. Uh, good to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'd like to start the show off by getting to know the person behind the fighter. So we'll kick this off with some random questions and work our way back to MMA. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite genre of music? A favorite genre of music? Um, I really like hip-hop the most, probably. But um, I'm starting to kind of work my way back into my high school days and, and listen to, like, the hard rock. What's the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched? Um... I'm trying to think. Um, man, that's a question. I'm a movie guy, and it's weird that I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, probably. It's a, I have a few favorites. Um, anytime V for Vendetta is on, I sit down and watch it. Boondock Saints, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Those. I'm trying to think of what the last solid movie I sat through was, though. I can't. I can't put my finger on. It. Um. I don't know. We have to pass and come back to that one. No worries at all. What's the last song that you listened to? The last song that I listened to? It was. I'll tell you one second. <clears throat> it was. It was Got the Life by Korn. Now, what's your current obsession? My current obsession. I've been watching uh, freestyle wrestling like crazy. Okay. Is there, is there any particular wrestler that you follow? I've been watching a lot of Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Snyder pops in there from time to time, too. Um, I don't know. I'm just, just watching a lot of, like, really the last few years, there's been some pretty incredible uh, freestyle going on. I didn't, realize, I didn't even realize that there was tape of all of it, and I somehow just stumbled into all of it on YouTube, and that's been the last, like, five days for me. It's nothing but, nothing but freestyle wrestling. Yeah, it's definitely the popularity's grown a lot, uh, especially um, this this past year with you know all the hype around Jordan Burroughs and then going up against Frank uh, Chimizo and all of that. So mm-hmm. a lot That's of hype, crazy. Oh yeah. Um, what's your biggest fear? Good question. I, don't, I have a lot of silly, irrational fears, and I have a lot of, I guess, real tangible fears. But I don't know. I guess all fear is irrational, huh? Um. I'm afraid that my wheels are gonna fall off while I'm driving on the highway. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so so it'd be one thing if my wheels wheels fell off while I was pulling out of the parking lot, like not a big deal. But I'm afraid that like I'll just be driving and bonk, my wheels will fall off. I don't know why. It's just always every time I hear a weird car, I hear a weird noise in my car, I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh yeah, that's like Final Destination. <laughs> oh, straight up. When I had a car accident, one of my first. Uh, I wouldn't call it a bad car accident, but one of my first real car problems I had, I had an old 1998 Honda Civic, and the uh, the axle wore out at the A-arm. So I turned hard into my driveway at like 5 in the morning, 
It made a really loud noise and dropped to the ground. I thought maybe I blew a tire, but I got out my axle snapped and I was like, Oh boy. Like I'm lucky I was pulling into my driveway or else it would yeah, it would have been a nightmare. Yeah, that could have been really bad. What's your uh, favorite cheat meal? Favorite cheat meal. If I'm eating to eat, probably pizza. If it's like a dessert cheat meal, probably like probably like ice cream. What's your favorite sport aside from mixed martial arts? I'm going to be real. I don't know. Like, I really like the combat sports. Those are the ones I stick to. Other than that, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not a big sports guy. I really uh, – the, the World Cup that just happened, I didn't really follow it. I, I rooted for Belgium just because they did really good the last one, but I just picked Belgium because uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big basketball guy. I usually watch the finals when that happens. Uh, I root for the Steelers when they play, but that's about, that's about the extent of it. The, the Steelers, the Penguins, and the, the Pirates. But I wouldn't even say I'm big. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the, the regular sports. If you weren't a mixed martial artist, what would you be? Good question. Probably, um, I don't know, there's a handful of things I thought about. I thought about being a cop. Thought about uh, thought about being a psychologist. Thought about um, being a sports psychologist. Thought about accounting very briefly. I don't know if that would have been for me. <laughs> of all the ones that I don't know if that would have been just for me. Now, did you grow up studying martial arts? I did not. Um, I played little league baseball from like, uh, from the time that I was a toddler till the time that I was, I don't know, maybe in third grade. Uh, I wrestled, I think I wrestled for a few weeks and I barely remember it. Even now I barely remember it. But uh, my dad told me that, one day I just stopped and quit because the coach yelled at me. So um, I never, never picked it up again until I was in high school. And did you have a favorite fighter growing up? I think my first like hard favorite was probably Frank Mir. I really liked, um, I really liked George St. Pierre. Jago uh, Silva was somebody that I really liked before. I mean, before I started training with him <laughs> and then even after, yeah, I mean, um, um, and then a lot of those guys, ironically, before before I'd made the move down to Florida, I was big fans of, you know, Rumble, uh, Rumble Tyrone, some of the other big kickboxers, a lot of the big UFC guys. Jose Aldo's probably my all-time go-to favorite. And he just had a major victory. Oh, he looked incredible. That was, like, not the most impressive performance in terms of, like, technique, but, man, he looked great. He He fought so well. Especially after all that he's went through, like this, the way that he finished this fight against the per, against Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, he he ran, he mowed over the dude who most people over. It was insane. Yeah, I had Jose. I picked Jose to win, but I didn't think he'd win like that. I thought it'd be a decision. I didn't either. You know, so that was pretty amazing. Now, do you remember the first MMA fight you ever saw? Um, it was, it was. Hickson Gracie versus uh, dang Hickson Gracie versus some Japanese guy. The little Japanese guy, right? Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think. Um, Hickson Hickson Gracie, and I think Hickson submitted him or something. But I I barely remember watching it. But Hickson like came out in his really weird stance, and it was it was something else. Yeah, he submitted everybody in that tournament. Um, I remember I recently just saw it on the Chobe documentary again, but I remember it back when it took place. So this is, we're talking about, 
this must have been ten years ago that I saw that. I want to say I want to say Ken Watanabe, but I know that's not right. That's that's just me pulling at straws at this point. I think that's the guy from from Batman. I think you're right too. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, he's the dude. He was in an Inception too. He was uh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last Samurai. Get my movies. Get my movies mixed up with my fighting. <laughs> no worries at all. Now, how did you get into mixed martial arts? I um, my dad had a magazine, and I picked it up and read about it, and um. Like so, like like I said, at this point, I think I'd already seen my first full fight. Uh, I kind of already like knew about it. You know, I knew what it was. Had I mean, maybe not knew what it was, but I had an idea of it, and um, wasn't real familiar with like the concept or the rules or really anything else that happened in it. But I remember picking up a magazine. I think it was like a men's health or a men's fitness magazine, and reading about it. I was like, wow, that seems really cool. That's that's something I want to do. And then. And then here, seven years later. <laughs> now, when you when you read that magazine and you read into it, and you're like, "Oh, you know what? This is something I'd want to do." Did you end up telling your parents, "Hey, I want to be a fighter"? I did. What was their reaction? They were like, "No, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking back at it like, "See, I told you this is what I wanted to do." Um, I mean, kind of. My um, my dad came around pretty quickly. Like he'd uh. He saw pretty quickly how passionate I was about it and, you know, how dedicated I was to it, even for how new I was to it. And, um, no, he, uh, my dad, my dad got behind me pretty quick in terms of support. Uh, he saw me compete and, you know, after, after a few pretty successful outings, he was, uh, he was like, you know what, maybe, maybe there's something to this, but my mom took a long time to cover. I think it wasn't until, the end of like my Titan run that uh, my mom finally, finally, and I wouldn't even say she's okay with it, but she's definitely at peace with it now. Maybe <laughs> took her a long time. Okay. As far as your training goes, is Stefan Strube the only sparring partner you have taller than you? The only one taller than me. Yes. Now how's it been training with Stefan Strube? Uh, Stefan's the man. Uh, Stefan and I often matter very close friends. And then um, that's just a byproduct of, good chemistry on them at um you know i mean we grew into pretty close friends just because uh before me and him even really developed as as friends we i mean we saw each other in the mass every day um a lot of people don't know this but i was actually a paid sparring partner to emulate stefan probably uh before i met him for the first about three months before i met him so uh i went out and i, I played stefan Struve for team takedown whenever jared rochelle fought him and then uh let me think. After that, I came out to the Black Zillions for the first time, met everybody, and then I came back, uh, trained here for a little while. He came back, and then, um, no, just pretty quickly, we, we, sparked, we sparked instant mat chemistry. Like, we, we really liked training with each other. Uh, we really pulled from each other a lot, like, learning-wise. He had a lot of things he showed me and a lot of things, like, I was able to bring to him. And then, um, you know, just over the years, we've been really, we got really close. All right. Now, in MMA, we frequently hear iron sharpens iron. Who are some of your training partners that have really helped you throughout your career? All of them. Um, I'm trying to think. Linton Vassell's kind of been like, like my big brother in the game. He's always, always pushing me in the room. Vulcan and I have always been very competitive in that, like, Vulcan's always, like, the next step ahead of me. So, like, Vulcan got a big signing, and then, I like kind of like followed the leader sort of thing. He kind of always, 
help me shore up the holes in my game. Uh, Linton, Vulcan, Stefan. Uh, we have a guy, Victor Pesta. He's a UFC veteran. He just fought Alexander Emelianenko a couple weeks ago. Um, he's another guy that we have super, 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 super competitive goes in the room. Um, another guy that I point to is uh, Rumble, Anthony Johnson. Not necessarily because uh, we had good mat chemistry, more because he beat the crap out of me. But, you know, it uh, <laughs> it, it taught me it taught me a lot about being tough. It taught me a lot about um, developing skills. It taught me a lot about what it takes to be at the top level, just things like that. Okay. Now, is Rumble still popping in into the gym every now and then? Uh, not really. He's He's got his head other places now. I think he's – um. From what I've heard, anyway, he's bodybuilding. So, I mean, I, I follow him on Instagram. We uh, – the last time we spoke was Chicago a couple weeks ago. And it was only like – it was like through the phone just very briefly. It was um, – that was that's about it. I would never say Rumble and I were, were close friends. But, you know, we were always cool with each other. We were always buddies. And like I said, he um, t- taught me a lot about what it takes to, to succeed about at this level. How was your experience training and grappling with Luke Rockhold? <laughs> um, Luke's very skilled on the ground. No, we're um, we're pretty competitive, but Luke, uh, Luke definitely, yeah. I mean, he he has that world champion caliber skill, not just on the feet, but on the ground. And um, even though you don't really see a lot of it, his wrestling is very developed. Also, uh, maybe not so much his offensive wrestling, but he's he's very skilled at turning uh, grappling exchanges into favorable outcomes for him so it's, you know, it's it's been really cool to to roll with luke and pick up his little tips and tricks here and there yeah he showed uh, a lot of that in that chris weidman fight i mean he impressed everybody because i think majority of the analysts thought weidman would have the advantage on the ground he clearly didn't oh i would have thought that too and then <laughs> and then yeah like you just said i was like what i couldn't believe that Chris Weidman wasn't absolutely dominating him on the ground. Yeah, it was, it was definitely shocking. Now, you've grappled against some really big names. Who was the toughest person you've ever grappled against? Gordon Ryan, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon, no, Gordon, Gordon Ryan's a stud. And I, I got to Gordon before he was uh, really who he was, I think. <clears throat> I grappled with him. Uh, I grappled with Gordon before he really broke out, but I think – he was just coming up on the the circuit, and he'd already he'd made a little bit of a name for himself, but he wasn't what he, certainly what he wasn't today. But um, I grappled with him whenever he was he was probably not even broken two hundred pounds. Um, he was just really slick, really technical. Um, I couldn't believe how strong he was for how how little he was, and uh, uh, he's just a stud. I mean, he's just absolutely pound for pound, probably the best grappler out there. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's making his strides right now. I mean, there's not many names up there with him. How'd you end up at Hard Knocks 365? Well, um, I moved to Florida to turn the Black Zillions. I met Henry, and you know, um, Henry asked me if it was something I wanted to do, come down and train with them. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody ever say no to Henry. So uh, I came down here and moved. This was in whatever two and a half years ago now. Um, so Henry left the Black Zillions and I followed him. I went up with him to the Combat Club. Uh, we we were very for a year. We were housed at Combat Club and things were good there. But then Henry left and started his own his own outfit. Opened up a facility called Hard Knocks Three Sixty Five, and for a year that's that's where we've been at. 
Okay. Now I heard a lot of the uh, former Black Zillions are over there. Does it feel different from the old Black Zillions, Jim? Yes, it's a totally different vibe. Was it not a pleasant atmosphere at the old Black Zillions, Jim? No, I wouldn't say it was unpleasant. I actually really liked it for what it was. Um, it was, it was a really competitive, but there was uh, there was just so many different people there and different looks. And um, by the time I got there, I don't want the writing was kind of on the wall by the time I got there. So um, everything was good, everything was on the up and up. But at that point, there were rumors that things were going well behind the scenes, and and everybody kind of la- everybody laughed it off at the time. Um, it was that was when the the first rumor came out that that uh, it was running out of money and they had to sell off parts of the gym to pay the coaches. And we all laughed about it. We all thought it was hilarious. But uh, next thing we knew, you know, people's checks were bouncing and, you know, certain things like, you know, some of the quote unquote rumors were turning out to not be rumors or were turning out to be truth. So, um, no, it was, a, it was a good trading situation there. There was, like I said, uh, there were a lot of looks. So there were a lot of conflicting ideologies and a lot of conflicting um coaching styles um it started to get kind of clicky like these guys didn't want to train with these guys and um that was the whole reason the black zillion started was because they were trying to get away from the the top team style which you know just based on what they had said wasn't a good situation for some of the guys there so they started their own outfit um and like i said uh henry was was coming to the end of his his contract with uh glenn the owner um as a teacher and he had decided i guess a little while before the contract ended that you know i mean maybe he wanted to do something for himself so um it wasn't that i i had left the black zillions behind but it was a situation where um i had to make a decision what was best for me in my career so um no henry left and then the the best most positive most um most accommodated for growth atmosphere I've ever been in is the one I'm in now. So um, not to say that the Black Zillions wasn't a good one. It's just the what we have going on at Hard Knocks 365 is, is just special. So I don't know. I'm happy. I'm happy with the way it is now. All right. That's great to hear. So it seems like now it's, it's a much better fit for you. Now, how was your experience signing with Bellator? Um, it kind of... Uh, a little bit anticlimactic, to be honest with you. Um, I was I was in my car, I was getting ready to go to strength conditioning. Um, this was maybe 20 minutes before my lift started. Um, I got a call as I was pulling into the gym. Uh, I was actually so Lex, the the uh, showrunner over at Titan. I was going to his house to lift with Stefan, and uh, he has a gym in his garage. So we were over there. Uh, right whenever I pulled in and parked, my my manager called me and was. He's like, hey, you have a minute? I was like, I'm about to go lift. What's going on? He's like, how do you feel about Bellator? And um, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know how seriously to take him. I was like, what do, what do you mean how do I feel about Bellator? And, you know, he told me about what was going on. He, he, he ran over the bullet points of the contract and gave me the figures, gave me the rundown. And um, it was just one of those things that worked out. He, uh, they sent over my contract. We looked it over a couple of days of, you know, back and forth between me and the coaches, me and the whatever we signed it. And then a couple of days later it was, it was official. Now, have you been keeping up with the Bellator heavyweight Grand Prix? Yeah. I mean, as much as I can anyway. Um, my, my training partner and friend, Matt Mitrione's in it. And I, you know, obviously I'm rooting for him. 
there's, you know, four remaining fighters. Do you think Mitrione can pull this off? I do. People don't realize, maybe, I want to say people don't realize, a lot more people need to keep in mind just how, just how sharp Mitrione is as a fighter. So, um, I think Mitrione is probably the most athletic person in the tournament. And this is a tournament with Ryan Bader, King Mo, uh, Fedor, all, all very athletic guys. But I still think Mitrione's most athletic, the most explosive, the quickest, at least in my experience and what I've seen. So, um, no, I think – I really think Mitrione has the tools to be able to pull the whole thing off, come out wearing a belt. Well, yeah, out of the remaining four guys, I mean, he's already beat one. He's beat Fedor, and the other two guys aren't even technically heavyweights. Mitrione definitely has a quicker hand. So, I mean, his, his footwork and his boxing is very clean hard to figure out. So he definitely has an advantage, but Bader will probably be his toughest opponent out of the remaining, you know, the other three guys. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great fight, I think. I mean, they're all tough fights. Uh, you can't take anything away from Bader, a really good wrestler, really good boxing. You can't take anything away from Chael because how many people have, have really been able to beat Chael's wrestling other than, you know, Anderson Silva. Yeah, a handful of people have done it, I'm just saying. It's not very often you see people get past Chael. Uh, and then Fedor is Fedor, you know. Matt already has a win over Fedor, and I think he could do it again, but you have to keep in mind, he's, Fedor is always going to be Fedor any, any given night, right? Yep, I agree. Who do you think has a more stacked heavyweight roster, Bellator or the UFC? I don't know. They're both pretty, they're both pretty stacked. Um, I think the Bellator roster definitely has the most room for growth, though. Um, a lot of the, the UFC guys, I mean, for, for how skilled the people are over there, uh, they're getting older, you know, they're not getting any younger. I think – I would say that the, the median age for the top 10 guy is probably at least 33, 34. So, um, I don't know. You, you have a couple younger, younger guys kind of making their way up there with, you know, Ty Tuvasa. You have Alexander Volkov. You have Curtis Blades. So, you definitely have those dudes – climbing their way up but it's it's just older so they're you know i mean i think they're trying to do it now they're trying to usher in the young hungry guys yeah yeah i agree i agree with that if they started the bellator heavyweight grand prix over with the same exact fighters and offered you a chance to fight one of them and if you won you would take their place in the tournament who would you want to fight <sighs> that's a tough question <laughs> i don't know to be honest with you um i don't know that's a hard position to put myself in to be honest with you yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a tough one because it's, like you say, you have, a, you, know, you have a buddy that's in the tournament. Then you have guys who, I mean, they all have experience. This is so much experience in this tournament. It's amazing that they even got this running, which is one thing I really like about Bellator. Now they're doing it with the welterweights. I think it's amazing. I wish other promotions would do it as well. This welterweight tournament that they're doing is freaking insane. I cannot believe that some of the names they put together for this thing. I just hope everyone's injury-free and it actually happens because I've never seen the tournament this stacked. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild talent. St- I mean, like, we're talking everybody from John Fitch all the way up through, like, with Neiman Gracie's in there and Ruth. This, is, this tournament's wild. Yeah, the first round is, is so crazy because so many guys are going to get knocked out. It, it, it's just crazy. Like, you have Ed Ruth against Neiman Gracie in the first round. Two undefeated guys going right at it immediately. I didn't know Neiman Gracie was undefeated. What's the deal his record? I think he's 8-0 with uh, maybe seven finishes. 
I'm not not that I'm not. I mean, you can't take anything away from Neiman Grace yet. He's he's the one I know about the least in the tournament. Even still, he's a, he's a stud. The reason that fight's gonna be special is because anytime Gracie has got someone on the ground, it's over. But now he's going up against probably the best wrestler in Bellator, with the exception of maybe Aaron Pico. And this is this is crazy. It's I mean, oh, it's yeah. like how he wants to go to the floor. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's very crazy. For most heavyweights, their dream fight would be against Fedor. Now, there's a big possibility the two of you may square off someday. Does that cross your mind at all? Sometimes, but it doesn't cross my mind any more than any other fight with anybody else would. Okay. Now, you're 4-0 with four finishes, also unblemished as an amateur. What keeps you hungry? Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just very grateful that I get to do something that I'm so passionate about. Um, I've really been focusing on staying just – just having a sense of gratitude, not only for uh, what I get to do, but you know I me mean, for my whole life in general. I, um, I know a lot of people, especially people that I'm close with, who I don't want to say are stuck, but they're, they're in a situation where, you know I mean, they're not happy. They're not getting fulfillment from their work, you know, whatever. And that's not to say that they're not happy with their whole life, but definitely something, a big part of their life is their job and they're just flat out not happy with it. So um, I don't know. I get a lot of fulfillment from what I do. I, I wake up most days w- looking forward to going to the gym. And, you know, I mean, no matter how hard or easy or intense or lax the practices, it's always nice to be able to stop and, and really think like, wow, I get to do what I love for a living. Like the thing that I, the thing that I, you know, happily paid to do is now something I get paid to do. So no, that's that's probably what um, motivates me the most is just that, you know, it's, it's something I'm very passionate about, something I like doing. and um, I'm in a situation right now where I can really capitalize. That's actually the most ideal situation when you get paid to do what you love. Then it doesn't, you know, it's not work. You know, it's the best, the best position you can be in. Now, do you currently have a fight in the works? Um, we're talking about it right now, but there's nothing, nothing really to speak on, to be honest with you. Okay. Now, who would your dream fight be against? That's a tough one. Uh, dream fight. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be hard for me to say any one person. I just, I just like to compete. Now, who's had the biggest impact on your career? In terms of what? As far as, like, your development? Um, that's a good question. Um... I mean, all my coaches and training partners have, have played a role in their own right. Um, it'd be tough to single out any one person, to be honest with you. But, you know, just a lot of my friends, coaches, and training partners have really all pushed me in the direction that I'm going. And, you know, I mean, I can't be any – I couldn't be any more pleased with, with, with how my career has been so far. Okay. Now, when you're not scheduled for an MMA fight, are you competing in any other martial arts tournaments or events? Well, I do like jiu-jitsu. I love doing jiu-jitsu tournaments. Um, <clears throat> I've kind of laid off them since I turned pro, to be honest with you. And uh, I, I can't really pin down a reason for it um, other than just I'm more, consumed with, uh, I'm more consumed with the training as a professional. You know, I have a lot more resources down here in terms of uh, uh, training, like training routes I can go sort of thing. So... Um, at some point in the near future, I'd like to compete more consistently. And I don't know. You never know. Maybe one weekend I'll just up and decide that I'm going to do a grappling tournament an hour drive away or something. But, um, no, it, I would say jiu-jitsu. And like I said, I, I plan on getting back onto the mat to compete here before too long. 
All right. Now, how can your fans stay up to date with you on social media? They can follow me on Instagram at Tall Steve Fights People. Um, they can follow me on Twitter at Tall Steve 1992. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Steve Maori MMA. And, um, you know, as always, just keep your eyes on social media. All right. Now, I appreciate you being on Early Stoppers today, and I hope to see you in the Cape soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That'll wrap up today's episode with Steve Maori. Until next time, peace.